do it. Okay, so that's like that's probably um, really offensive to half of our listening audience because <laughs> Paul's not Australian. Okay, I'll take that part out and too. If, and if he was, <laughs> that would be even more offensive. You know, he's not even English; he's Scottish. So I mean, it's like. Well, uh, thank you, lads. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> is, isn't but, that still isn't that still British though? Is that how no. I understand it? Well, yes. Yeah. It is technically. <laughs> yeah. Right. So. But we're not um we're not um we're not a podcast about the inner workings of the political landscape of the United Kingdom, so Snafu. Situation normal. All all fouled up. This is Snafu. Hello, everybody. This is the Snafu Podcast. We are on episode 44, and I'm your guest, uh, Paul Walker here, the Warlord <laughs> Bolt Action Ambassador, and, I, and I'm here with Pat and Dale. And that's Paul. It is Paul, the Warlord Walker. Ambassador. <laughs> Thanks Man, for joining us. Legend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, too much of a legend, maybe. Yeah, legends can go both ways, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too sure if that's a backhanded compliment, chaps. <laughs> no, I, I, that, I, think, I think it's a good was one. Was that about never beating your <laughs> idols or something to that effect, I think, is out there? <laughs> now you're just bigging me up, Pat. <laughs> well, now keep in mind that you know uh, Jeff and I did play you last year at Adepticon, and you did win. So, oh, but you let me win. You ran out of time. We were cleaning your clock, and you know it. <laughs> well, I know. I mean, you you were being kind to Alan as well. It doesn't sound like Pat letting someone win. So <laughs> that's it's not in my nature. <laughs> so we've actually to be honest, asked them. We've asked Paul to join us tonight so that we can kind of talk a little bit about, first of all, what's going on with him and what it means to be the ambassador. Um, in addition to um, our involvement with the tournament coming up that he is intimately involved in that we're going to, we're going to jump into as well. But um, first of all, obviously you'll notice that we're missing Rick and Jeff this evening. Sorry guys. We, we miss you. Hopefully they'll be signing on a little bit later on, but with the timing and schedules and things like that, sometimes it just doesn't work out entirely. But Paul was kind enough to join us, and thanks so much for that, Paul. Well, it's um, a pleasure to be invited on, and I know I caused one or two technical problems for you guys when I'm out here on the island, so thank you for putting up with me. Yeah, I think it's our pleasure. So when you say those, the island... Those of you, those of you listening at home, um, every, every time Paul says the island, you should probably take a drink. Well, that's I a great that's idea. Gonna... I think that's a pretty good drinking game there for you. <laughs> or anything, in, uh, or a, a one or two degree separation from the island. So, or in, uh, like a, an aloha, or, um, you know, from the, it's the episode the that keeps on giving. So, <laughs> I'm ready to get go to the end of it, and you won't remember it, and you'll just have to listen to it again. That's one way to get the figures up. So. Um, and by the island, we don't think you mean somewhere in the United Kingdom, right? 
No, for people that know me, I'm normally based in Scotland and I have moved out to Bermuda for a year or two, hopefully. So when I say the island, I mean Bermuda. Wow. Top of the triangle, I may disappear. You'll know where I've gone. <laughs> right. That doesn't um that doesn't seem like a common path to follow. How how do you land in Bermuda exactly? I followed my good lady. We um we kind of closed our business, decided to retire, and then she was offered a job out here on the islands and I came with her. So oh, I'm wow. I, I'm a house husband. <laughs> I'm busy okay. po- poisoning her at every lunchtime and dinner time. So, <laughs> all right. Have you found Have you found that um, you're fixing things differently as far as food goes from Bermuda, or are you able to keep you, oh, the same kind Berm- of things? No, Bermuda's a. You can get the same stuff, but Bermuda is very expensive. So, okay, <laughs> it's very careful shopping to be done. Can you Can you get Twinkies? You can get Twinkies, but then I couldn't get those back home either. Um, they sell, it's kind of, it's 60% British, 40% American. All right. That's a pretty good mix, I think. You know, so uh, it works, but yeah, it's expensive on the island. <laughs> sure, sure. All right, all right. So now that you're kind of settled in, and congratulations, yeah. by the way, I think that would be pretty exciting. My wife, I I think she'd love it if I could say that we were in Bermuda. So... um we usually kick these things off with hobby updates. So as the ambassador, I'm expecting, you know, you've got to have something out there that you're excited about, you're working on. Sounds like you're got... retired. <laughs> I've got a lot of I'm excited about. At the moment, I'm working on a project with Craig Brown from the uh, Home Guard podcast. Some of you may know. Sure. And I'm working on a Russian army for the um, rolling into Berlin. Craig is working on his beleaguered uh, defenders. Um, We're going to have a big game down at Warlord, see if we can get that filmed once we have our forces done. So I'm working on the Soviets at the moment, Um, busy sticking little red bricks on bases and cobblestones Mm. and that type of thing. Okay. And I also do one or two models from another game system that we can't mention. Uh, out here on the island. Take a sip, everybody. Uh, most of them play <laughs> another very well-known game rather than the one I play. So um, I've I've given up a little bit and just... I've done a few of those models, but uh, I've now Gates got... Of inter- Gates of Interiors, or is that... Uh, what's the new one? The from from another manufacturer. Oh, oh. Oh. oh, there's another manufacturer. Oh. Interesting. There is another manufacturer in Nottingham, believe it or not. Yes. Yeah, I think. Yeah, we all know. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're but, talking about 40k. How many? Yeah, I, I've got. I know. We're, this, yeah, this isn't Can't a 40k podcast, but next week they're gonna they're gonna announce but, something that I'm particularly excited about. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's anyway, right. moving on swiftly. <laughs> what are you yeah. guys up to? Well, we we're gonna we're gonna, actually I think we're gonna save our hobby updates, but I, I can give a brief one. Um, I'm still prepping for the WTC. Um, secrets, secrets. Give those secrets. Um, I've been playing. I've just been playing a lot, actually. I think I've gotten eight games in the last three weeks. So um, I'm just trying to, unlike unlike Pat, who can master his list in five games. I think it's going to take me quite closer to thirty-two. So (laughs) yeah. And then I listened to the last podcast as well. I'm like, (laughs) 
it took me about thirty odd goes to learn how to use those that Dutch army of mine. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So, um, but I'm well, looking the, forward to the hear British. Pat. Are the British, so you know, we just plug and play. <laughs> oh dear! But and when yeah. in doubt, Gurkha. Yeah, I'm just exactly. playing. I'm, I'm, I'm just playing, playing a lot. So, um, I don't know, Pat. What do you? You got a quick little update outside um, of the official? So, uh, first of all, Paul, thanks for the extension. I've changed my list four times since then. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, a... <laughs> it's just not even funny. Wait, wait, till, wait till you hear Rick. <laughs> He's had the same thing. He hasn't changed armies again though. But, uh, and so I've I had some reinforcements that arrived today. So I'll be putting them together quite hastily this weekend. And the lists uh, are going to have to be in, as we record here, we got about, what, four days to put them in. Yeah, um, I think it was midnight Saturday. Um, I'm not, it'll be after this podcast goes out, obviously. Yeah, so we've got like three days, so. Which meantime, who knows, we, you know, depending how quickly we chop through this, we might, we might get it out at the deadline but obviously getting my list done will be a priority over editing but we'll see uh and i'm working on my display board now that i have the base of my army figured out um and also just because i can't have just one or two projects i'm also working on a pacific board for just general purposes of having terrain um a mat identical to the one that jeff has where the the island is finally on the short end thank you for someone figuring that out (laughs) <laughs> and doing some, got some fortifications, actually picked up some aquarium rocks because rocks are rocks and these look neat and tropical. So we'll be doing some of that kind of stuff. So that's what I got going as of now. I forget what I had in the last podcast, but eh, I, I will definitely have, by the time we do the next one, I will, because the majority of my WTC list is also in my Adepticon list. So kind of forcing me to get stuff done by the end of this month. Yikes. Yeah, and we have list submission for Adepticon one week, I believe, after WTC. So it's like it's like eight days out of the event or something. Yeah. So I'll have to be on top of that. But yeah, I mean that one's that one's run by uh Jay Casper, which is one of the Russell's Raiders. Do you know yeah. him, Paul? Yeah, I know Jay. Um and what's that? That's the nationals he's running, isn't it? It is. Yep. Yeah. That's. I think that's one of five events that that Warlord is putting on for bolt action there. So. Yeah, well, I think some... the um, Chicago guys are they running got... a, at least a couple of them. Isn't they? Mm-hmm. Yep. So they've, there's a combat patrol. Uh, Andrew yep. is running, and I think they've also doubles. got the doubles event. Yep. Andrew and, and the nationals. Uh, Paul Stewart. And then there's... Oh, is there a tank battle Korea, or something? Uh, Bolt Action Korea event, if I'm not mistaken. And I think there's some Blood Red Sky stuff planned. I'm trying to remember what the last Bolt Action... Uh, there be. is... So, no, there's also um, Korea. There's a mm-hmm. couple of Stalingrad things going on. Um, if you if you watch John Russell on Facebook... That's what it was. Um, morning, Stalingrad... Yep, he's got he's building a hornet for something with blood red skies. Uh, there's also that yeah, snippet the carrier, isn't it? Oh, and there's also the that big aircraft that carrier. Yeah. In the last week with that victory at sea. 
because I had almost saved some money. And so now they're going to give me another reason to hand it over. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot there. It sounds like the, the Warlord booth will be twice the size that it was last year in the vendor hall. So yeah, a lot happening for Adepticon, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see how it goes. But I mean, if you're listening to this before Adepticon, you're going to be there. Just, yeah, please stop in and say hello. Paul, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed that you doesn't sound like you're going to be able to make it out this year. I'm very so, disappointed myself. <laughs> I was looking but, uh, forward to sitting down and, and going deep diving into WTC. So maybe we'll have to do that here uh, tonight before, <laughs> since we're not going to be able to corner you. I'm, I'm waiting for the interrogation. Uh, it won't be, it won't be that bad. Um, <laughs> the last thing we want to do is create any kind of scenario where um, it, it, I mean, it, this is going out to everybody, but because lists are still not due. Yeah. Um, we don't, we certainly don't want any information that would make us change our list that wouldn't be uh, immediately available to anybody else that's going to be attending. So. <laughs> I wouldn't give it to you anyway. I know, but I just but, want to make sure that we're really careful about that. So sometimes. Try, try and make me talk. Make me talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see. Before Being we go into serial island. <laughs> yeah. Before we, before we get, um, get to that, um, you know, I mean, from, from the sense that I get, and we've never actually meant, met, um, I didn't make it to Adepticon last year. It sounds like it sounds like you've been involved in gaming generally for possibly a significant amount of time. So, how how did you get started in in all of this? What's your story there? Well, <laughs> I've not been in gaming for all that long. You guys have probably been gaming a lot longer than my, than me. Oh, all right. I got into gaming because my boys um, and took them to games workshop when they were youngsters and okay. um, they got into the gaming and I got into the painting because mm -hmm. they didn't like painting and we went to a local club where we stay uh, when we're in Scotland in Dunfermline it's a fairly large club and in fact I spent about two years just watching my kids play and then eventually sure. I was like will somebody play me at this and so I started playing games and then Gosh, I can't even remember how long it was ago now, but probably about eight years ago, uh, one of the guys, uh, Brian, there got into Bolt Action. I think Bolt Action had maybe been out for about a year at the time, so my dates may be a little bit um, incorrect. And I got into Bolt Action, and that's really the story. So I've only been in gaming, really, for about 10, 11 years. Oh, all right. So... It, 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 that is a slightly different route. I guess I, you know, I took the path that your kids took. I got started when I actually was in college when, when I got plugged in. And I think Pat, that may not, well, generally Pat was just a gamer. You were a nerd D and D. Was, you, Pat? Yeah, that was a D and D guy. And I think okay. it looks like Rick is popped in. Rick, can you hear us? Are you in there? Uh, am I? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, hi, Rick. Hi. hi. Welcome to the party. Hey. Welcome, Rick. Yeah, sorry. Rick, my hobby Rick, update Rick is Paul, taking care Paul, of Paul, Hello, hi, Rick. I'm waving even Paul? though you can't see it. It's <laughs> the radio I get. Yeah. Video. All right, so so Games Workshop started off, and then you started playing Bolt Action. So that probably was in first edition then. Is that right? Oh, yeah. All right, so what was your first Bolt Addiction or Bolt Action you were right yeah. the first time, yeah. yeah. Um, well, first, first army, army. was a, yeah. First army was an American army. Okay, was my first army. So did you 
Were you a collector? You just collected what you thought was cool or did you go more the historical route or, or what was that first approach for you? Yeah, I got into it because why did I choose Americans? I think I just liked the idea of the Americans and I probably had some lying about and I just painted them and got playing with them and then I have probably had most, if not all, of the armies at some stage or sure. other. Um, and with painting, if I paint they up... They all make it to the island with you? No. I, I, I'm trying to game on with very little resources, shall we say. Um, it costs a fortune to even oh, bring luggage like... or anything out here. So everything was done on a shoestring. Removing uh, coconuts around the board and stuff like that. Something like that. But the guys at Nottingham are looking after me and sending... Um, Red Cross parcels, regularly. <laughs> That's I think amazing. they just have the Oreo cookies in them, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. The, the tug shop at Warlord were selling off everything for 50p, and they send me the the internal emails, you know, tug shop, <laughs> special offer 50p, and I'm like, thank you very much, guys. I can't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's mine. Stop selling my stuff. Exactly. So, guess... uh, yeah, so it was Americans I got to first of all. Okay. All right. All right. So then um do you do you feel like from a gaming perspective, um are you are you more along the lines of beer and pretzels or does the competitive side interest you or is it just purely hobby or where do you where do you think you you fill it or a little bit of both or all of them or or where do you think you land on? It's a little bit of all of them. Um, most people that know me know that I like to sit on the other side of the table and have a damn good game against you and try to put up a tougher show as I can. So I really like the competitive aspect of the gaming. Mm-hmm. However, I like to have a bit of a laugh and a bit of fun when I'm doing it. Or at least I hope other people. It's more important to me that you enjoy your game. But I still want us to have a good ding-dong, you know? Um, sure. It's the way I'm built. But from that, I've got into the history of it. So one of the armies that I play is Commando 4-7, and I play them on D-Day Plus 1 at um, a port on Bassa, and I can name every single individual model in my army. I know all who right. he is, when he died, did he survive, and all the rest of it. So, yeah, I kind of got into the history as well. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. Awesome. So, um, and guys, jump in here. I mean, because otherwise it's, I'm just going to keep on interrogating me. You do such a good job. I don't have to even step I, forward. I think they're taking notes. Yeah. All right, so, so, um, yeah. So Paul, my, my first exposure to you was a little over a year ago um, on oh, your warhq.co.uk. You yeah. had, um, you'd done, um, you'd done um, a video on YouTube where um, you and your partner, you went out into the field and there was a discussion outside and there was a discussion oh, yes. about effective ranges. Of, I remember uh, this one. Yeah. And I watched that and I thought it was brilliant. I'm like, holy crap, you know, because I was kind of reading all of those things in regards to, you know, if this was really, you know, an M1 Garand, the effective range of this would be much farther scale wise than just yeah. 24 inches that it's represented on the table. And you guys went out there and you're with with all the the brush and the trees and the bushes and things like that. The effective range of the weapon itself may have far exceeded what was represented in the game, but you couldn't effectively choose any targets. I thought that was really good, and I enjoyed that. So yeah, that was that was um thing that was going about on Facebook at the time, and there was you know there was lots of posts going on about effective range, 
And um, Chris Brown, who wrote the Market Garden book, had written an article about it. And I said to, um, I think it was Harrison at the time, mm-hmm. let's yep. go and test this. And it's amazing. Unless you move, it's really difficult to see anybody. Yeah. Really. I mean, as we say, but anyway, guys, go back and ask if you're more interested in that. Yeah, so it could, is that we why you get that uh, hidden marker next to you at the beginning of the setup game that, that makes it tougher to see. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's how we game that. <laughs> okay, yeah, good, good. All right, you need a big enough the dice to hide behind. Them, so. That's what it is. Use the foam ones or go with the high impact. You, you don't want to. You don't want to <laughs> skimp on that kind of stuff. Exactly. Need the flamethrower. Ooh, don't mention Uh-oh. flamethrowers. <laughs> Well, you need to do another video. I, I think like Tiger Fear or <laughs> yeah, or yeah. Fire off some of those shots and let's see how 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 go how it really goes. Yeah, I'll I'll pass on that one, lads. We're staying the, we're staying the Tiger Fear friendly in here this for tonight. You know, we're not. Oh, oh, sorry, that, that sorry, sorry. Still, <laughs> That wound is still festering. Hey, Actually, I, I think that'd Jeff, be a great. Jeff, did you pop in? I am indeed here. Oh, hey, Jeff. Hey, aloha, Jeff. Look at the gang's all here. Hello, hello. Oh, oh, here. There's an aloha. I got to drink. I, I, Take a drink. I do think I'm going to have to. <laughs> I do think I'm going to have to make one of those like Facebook surveys, whether or not it's a tiger or not. Just like go through like ten pictures and whether or not they're actually tigers. Everyone. Well, now did you guys listen to that that last Warlord podcast where actually had Alessio was on there and he specifically I did basically said that the Tiger Fear was written for the Panzer IV. You know, they kind of made my head pop because, a little bit. I think it makes sense. I mean, historically, and what the, the, the story John Russell the initial rule years ago. was. Yeah. Uh, which one? The, the, he told the, the stories. Well, the, so, so the guy making his hot chocolate, and some some green guy comes running through, screaming "Tiger, Tiger, Tiger!" and spills his hot chocolate all over him. The guy gets pissed as hell, goes out there with a. A grenade launcher, something like that, and shoves it in the tailpipe, and blows it up, and comes back and goes, "That was a goddamn Panzer IV, you son of a bitch!" and whatever, you know. <laughs> Again, it was the the vets like that ain't tiger. What are you talking about? I just blew it up. The guy like apparently disabled it and got a bronze star or something like that. But uh, I think you go back a couple of years, we actually mentioned it in our podcast a little more clearer than that was. But that was the gist of it: is like that because the Panzer IV was always mistaken. That's what the fear was. The big actual Panzer IV, I mean, you put that on the board, yeah, that's a frightening thing. It's got like an armor 10, and what the hell am I going to do with that? So that, I found that interesting that people thinking it the other way. But then again, I don't think Germans a whole lot. And when I do, I run Panzer threes. so. <laughs> well, yeah, that's just me. Alessia was playing a game at Warlord HQ today, earlier today. And he was running Germans, and he had a a, a, a Puma. He didn't. He wasn't Germans. Running. I thought oh, really? they played Americans. <laughs> so um, they were they were playing on the board that um, Warlord HQ is working on for the Stalingrad for their, oh, their Stalingrad yeah. board. That is hilarious. So, uh, well, I I saw the post, and I was going to go. Hmm, I don't see a tiger here. I wonder why. <laughs> that's <laughs> <I didn't>, so. <laughs> <laughs> like that's like permaban worthy. <laughs> no, I actually appreciated what Alessio had to say. Now, I, I may be a bit of a fanboy, honestly, because I've been following. I wasn't a, a huge fan of what he did to Bretonians way back in 5th edition. I <laughs> but I was playing Skaven at the time. But in any event. Um, Isn't he responsible so, for dwarves, too? 
Um, Empire. Oh, I don't think so. Well, he, yeah, Empire. But the, um. Who did Dwarf? Um, Someone did, uh, I thought it was Alessio. I think that, no, I don't think that was Alessio. Um, the, what he, you know, talking through the process and how he was approaching it and all those kinds of things. I actually, I thought it was good information. I appreciated it. That doesn't mean I necessarily agree with the direction that they ultimately decided to go, but it's definitely worth a listen if you're kind of curious about games design and, and his specific approach to, to what he's doing. I, yeah, I thought it was good. So yeah, it was, it was a good listen. Brad uh, did a good job with it. It was good. And yeah, he did. Yeah. And I mean, I realized I started this yeah. tangent, but we have kind of a very loose agenda tonight, but maybe we should start at one of the points. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm yeah. going well. to interject one piece because the, the sixth edition dwarf Warhammer book was Geth Thorpe and Alessio. Just FYI. I think that was more Gav than Alessio though. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. But I'm just saying, his name was it's on it. Bold. Anyway, all right, let's get back to the agenda. Bold action. At least it's bolt action adjacent with the writer right. being involved. Yeah. So, all right, so Paul, we, we left off and, and you're playing Americans uh, at yeah. your club in Scotland and, and having a good time. So how do you go from there to becoming the ambassador that you are? So. <clears throat> good question. So, <laughs> so I discovered that I quite like the one-on-one playing and all the rest of it. So I got into helping the club run the competitions. And from that, really uh, kind of touches on the World Team Championships. My... <laughs> it's embarrassing. I wanted to play for Scotland, okay? <laughs> it was basically what it was. And I thought, the only way I can play for Scotland is if we have internationals. So it became my drive to organize inter- an international bolt action competition of some sort. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got more into doing tournaments um, up home in Scotland. And I did a lot of traveling around the UK and abroad to tournaments. So uh, I think last year... Uh, by this time last year, I had played something like 30-odd competitive games and about 60 games by the maybe by the end of March, by the end of um, Adepticon. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to tournaments every sort of two to three tournaments, two to three weekends, and you get to know people. Yeah, it's a lot of competitive play. Uh, right. And... At the same time, I'm thinking, right, my original idea was to try and get um, internationals at the ETC, the European Team Championships for bolt action. And just the way they work, they organize the ETC, it was never possible to give us enough time to get people there. And then I met up with Dave, and that's going to be another story we come to. But that kind of brought me to the attention, I guess, of Warlord. And when they're looking about for, it had been suggested to them that they really needed somebody who was looking after the interests of the Bolt Action community, on not on their behalf, but giving them the feedback that they need. Because one of my things with Warlord was that we don't see any red shirts at the competitions. So sure. that was my first thing is we need to see people need to see warlord people at competitions. They need to know that warlord loves the game. Um, I felt at the time that 
Warlord weren't portraying the fact that they love the game. It's one of their main, you know, their main game. It's their main seller. Mm-hmm. And the community wants to know that they're being loved, basically. And so... Yeah. I love that they can uh, go a long way in that regard, so... Yeah, so they kind of sat down, and after me moaning and moaning at them and various other people doing it, they turn around to me and say, look, we want you to be the ambassador. And I was like, <laughs> the ambassador? What does the ambassador do? So between us, myself and um, Simon Tift, it kind of came up that this was going to be a role of uh, two. I was going to kind of be the middleman between Warlord and the community or at least some of the community. And I'm very aware that that's not just the competitive side. It's the guys who go to the club and like to go through the campaign games. And it's also the guys that just play with their best friend in their garage every weekend. And it's difficult to kind of get those guys, but we are trying to, I'm trying to put forward their views as well when I can find them out. And then, you know, sometimes Warlord, um, it's perhaps difficult for people to understand what Warlord are doing or trying to do. And sometimes I try to clear the waters, you know, going the other way back to the community. So do you, I mean, I'm just kind of putting myself in your shoes. I imagine it would be difficult to kind of balance because I, I would, I would suspect that the competitive side of the community would or could potentially be asking for very different things than just our, our, our friendly club beer and pretzel gamers or games or when it could be the same person, but competitively, I might be looking for something different than I am when me and the guys are just down at auto break and we're running through one of Jeff's campaign games. So, yeah, I mean, bolt action is to me, it's obviously the best game ever. But it covers so many different um, parts of the community from my perspective. And that it can be just something you play on the dinner table, you know, with your best pal with a few crates of beer and you're really just rolling dice. And the game doesn't matter that much, really. Or it can be two guys that are really serious and go hammering tongs at it. But the great thing I've found with Bolt Action is the community amongst the gamers is the friendliest community I've come across to date, and there may be other communities out there, but I think bolt, the bolt action guys are the friendliest. I mean, even at the top end, the guys that are really serious about it, they can be fun and have a laugh as well, and they will try to help new players. And I love that about the game, you know. And um, it's one of the few games where I would encourage, and we have brand new players turning up, and they can have a great day out just because the community supports them at these competitions and events, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I find that that's good. I find those guys even like, Hey, you forgot to make this roll. Oh wait, why don't you check that first and then do that. It it just happens with regular players like that too. It's nice. Which is funny that we've had so much discussion around like the pre-measure part of tiger fear and how people are going to exploit it. But I, yeah, you, you you kind of nailed it, Paul. It's like everyone is by far I, by far the fan friendliest environment I've ever played in. Oh yeah, and, and I, I think one of the things is because the game is not constantly moving in a way where you need to have the latest unit that was brought out, right. and that's not necessarily a direct you know criticism of a particular game. There's lots of games like that, and you know because once you know what your army 
we know what most of the other armies all do. So you don't get this deer in the headlights situation where a guy turns up with a unit and says, oh, did you not realize that my guy on a rollover two plus kills your entire army? You know, um, <laughs> some of us wish know, that uh, existed. Naval observers say hello. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's that's not that's not reinforced platoon worthy yet. Well, that just take away for bug eater. Right. Don't yeah. bring don't bring them to cork, chaps. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> disallowed. Wouldn't dream of it. Actually, you can you you can because they'll be disallowed and stuff the side, and you'll be out your points. So bring them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So let's turn the community work. No, that's yeah. Bring a list that you're going to be able to play the whole thing up. So, because yeah. that way, well, when, of, yeah. that way, when you beat us, we'll be able to say that well, you had your whole list. So, <laughs> you're playing 200 points down, and you still beat me. That's 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 fun. I'm, I'm still upset. I can't bring my ambulance, but you know, I guess rules are rules. I know that was unfortunate, but you know, um, for the world team championships, we like to play from the book where possible. So yeah. it's all right. It's all I right. know it's refreshing. It's You'll different. have fun anyway. <laughs> We're going to be in Ireland. We're going to be having a blast. I'm not gonna lie. Exactly. You're not going to remember the second day anyway. I not if the Irish drink is under the table. <laughs> it's possible. They'll take much. They'll be trying. Yeah, good point. I'm. I'm. Yeah. Especially after traveling, I'll be. Out of out of drinking shape. Yeah, oh. no, that's fantastic. I'm sure we'll be it able to find you get you back into drinking shape pretty quickly. <sighs> yeah, that doesn't it, work we out very well. We need a practice weekend for that. Practice last weekend. It worked out okay. No, we can <laughs> we can do a, a, a Adepticon as another. Oh man, let's, let's help everyone here. Again. Yeah, let's, let's help everyone here. Just say Island again. Go ahead, take a drink. Uh, Island, Aloha. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I, I'm not even drinking tonight. Oh, you amateurs! No, I, you and Jeff missed the part where we, that the lead, and we had mentioned that Paul, of course, is in, in Bermuda now, and so every time he says "island" or "aloha" or something island uh, adjacent, that everyone listening should take a drink, just to bring you guys up to speed. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to lie because we're on our our Snafu server. I'm surprised no one has stopped in yet. Like. I get oh. messages every time we're on here doing voice recording. Yeah, okay. we didn't exactly announce it, so. Oh, I know, but someone will, someone will tell me tomorrow, hey, you guys were on last night. <laughs> I guess they well, get noticed. I, mean, I don't know. Well, our patrons know about it, so if they pop in, then they'll get a they'll get an episode a little early than the rest of us. So, the rest <laughs> of the they, might even, they might even get on if they happen to. Yeah. So is there anything else that we want to dive into before we take a break and come back with all of our um, trying to pry additional information (laughs) on the call for WTC? I'm not going to talk. You can't make me. I have have a serious question, though, Paul. So as you might know, we we play some music. You know, our format is we talk a whole bunch, and then we take a break about an hour and play some music. And then we talk. I thought that was you guys playing the music and singing. (laughs) <laughs> right, and then and then we we find some of the music to play. So, uh, let me get a pen here and say, you know, what kind of what, what kind of W W two music uh, inspires you? So we can try and get something uh, relevant to you for the episode. Relevant to me for the episode. Um, oh, really put him on the spot. 
You have put me right on the spot, lads. I yeah. would say Play some music and then come back and you can tell us later, and that'll be what the music was. That's, that's the magic Virulin. of podcasting. Virulin? Virulin. You can't get more World War II than that. Yeah. Okay. We've used that one before. It's fine. <laughs> we can Find use it again. <laughs> but you know what? The same song twice in the same episode. I don't yeah, know. I mean, oh how many God, versions of Walt? Never let me. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> how many versions of Walting Walting Matilda can we use? I mean, <laughs> Jesus, Pat, come on, man. I played two. Good grief! In the same episode. Was, come on. It was a the episode was about Australia. What else do they have? It was. It was very thematic. It was like the only Australia song, wasn't it? They probably finally. Uh, uh, let's be careful. I'm sure there were others. Oh, the, I, I'm sorry. Sure the only one on YouTube. I'm know. sorry. I'm sure, you're right. There absolutely are more World War II songs. They played a large part in the war. You'll let us know what they are. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, send all that to Pat because he's the one that did it. So well, I will set up a special email just for him. Oh, thanks. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, I... Okay. It's a lot of Pick two. They were the same song, but different versions. I thought it was thematic. I guess oh. I missed. <laughs> you didn't. We just like give you a cut. All right. Well, I like I like the last one. What was it? The private one. Why did they call them private? Yeah. Why did they call them private? Private. Yeah. yeah. That was good. <laughs> Interesting well, enough. As always, I forget what show. I forget what show we were watching, but that that uh, Pistol Pack and Mama song showed up in some commercial or trailer or something, and I'm like, "Oh my god, are you kidding oh. me? Wow, I just put that one in an episode." You're Don't tell anyone. We might get sued or something. Sure, that was an old song, Pat. It All right, was very okay. it definitely song. was. Okay, I, it comes across my 40s on four feed, so okay. yeah. we're safe then. Great, great, great. All right, as always, we don't know what the music is. We'll be right back. Hope you enjoy it. As always.
Welcome back. Hope you like the music. We're just turning over. <laughs> We've done that before. No, we do this all the time. Oh, all right. I don't even know where to go from here. Thanks, good. It's uh, thanks, Rick. It's good to be back. Yeah, right. I feel I feel like I've been here for like a quarter of a half episode, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's more me. All right, so the episode. Uh, yeah, so, hey, don't, we have don't Paul with us, who's, who's, the, right? who's the event organizer for the WTC, both Bolt Action and Middle Earth, correct? Paul? Well, I'm T.O. for Bolt Action. Mm-hmm. Hello, okay. can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I'm T.O. for yeah. the Bolt Action. We have a T.O. for Middle Earth, and then we've got an overall event T.O. who is uh, Dave. Okay. There it is. That, that was the structure yeah. I was looking for. Thank you. Oh, is Dave the one that did the ping pong balls? Yeah, that's Dave Nolan. Dave, Dave's daughter. That was his okay. daughter, Sosha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was trying to. So Dave is organizing both sides, and so how? You, I think you actually alluded to this being a long conversation. How did we get attached? Bolt action get attached to uh, Middle Earth? Well, Middle Earth had been running for a few years, and uh, Dave. It's a fairly unique personality who I get on very well with, but he likes to get stuff done. And he decided that he wanted Bolt Action to be at the uh, Steam Championships. So he put up a post, being Dave, that just said, I'm organizing. Um, Who's interested? And I think he got quite a lot of feedback from people saying, Kind of keep your hands off, Dave. This is Paul's baby. (laughs) And then I got um, a lot of messages from people. Do you realize that Dave Nolan is doing X, (laughs) Y, and Z? And I'm like, chill out, guys. It's not a problem. If he wants to do it, go with it. And in the same evening, Dave sent me a message saying, hello, Paul, you don't know me, but I'm told you're the man I need to speak to. I was like, well, that's very flattering. Yeah. Anyway, Dave and I hit it off fairly quickly because for whatever reason, I understand him and he seems to understand me, which is amazing to everybody else, but what the heck. And I'd spent possibly the best part of three to four years trying to pull something like that together and trying to keep everybody happy. Whereas Dave's um, tactics, Dave's plan on how to do this is just to go... I'm organizing it, either come or don't come. And I was like, that's by far the most effective way to do it. That's going to get it done, yeah. It's yeah. about the only so, way to get it done. That's the whole premise around Operation Snafu, and thankfully yeah. people show up for it. Yeah. Uh, Pat, so, Pat is our Dave. We knew at the time. We get along with him either, but somehow <laughs> we do. And I, I feel sorry for all you guys then if Pat is your Dave. I'm just saying that after. Okay. That's great. Come on, guys. That is great. We, uh, every, I think every um, well run tournament needs a Dave Pat. So, for sure. Yeah. Or a Pat Dave. Dave is good at what he does. So, great. we. He, that's how it kind of got started. So that was sort of this time two years ago. In fact, it would have been, gosh, when would it have been? It would have been about August a couple of years ago. And we ended up going to Poland for the World Team Championship um, last year. 
And that was the first bolt action. That was the first bolt action one. Okay. Yeah. How many teams were in the first one? Uh, there was 12 last year and there's 12 this year. And we've, we do have behind, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. It's not much at all like running a Scottish nationals, for example. There is an awful lot that goes on behind the scenes that people don't see or appreciate. Well, don't really matter whether they appreciate. They don't just realize there's an awful that goes on behind the scenes that they don't know about, especially because we're dealing with international teams. There's quite a lot of politics and the way people play things in different countries. So there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that Dave does, which people don't realize. There's a lot more to it um, to make it come about. So uh, we get there. No. So last year was in Poland. Yeah, in Poznan. Okay. And now this That's... year we're rolling into Cork. We're rolling into Cork this year, yeah. Okay. Um, so coming coming out of the event last year, yeah. based off of all the feedback that you likely received <sighs> yeah. um, from the people who were committed enough Back. to participate the first year, yeah. what... what um, um, what did you learn having having been to any number, many actually, competitive events yourself? I don't know if you've done anything like this previously or or, or participated in anything like this, but were you caught hours. off guard by anything? So we were caught off guard by quite a lot of things. Uh, the structure of how we run things is different this year, whereas Dave was overall TO. I went in as head referee as such, and we discovered that. Um, it would be, we reckoned it would be better if we had somebody who was in charge of the event and then we had individual TOs for each of the, at the moment, two competitions that are running effectively. Uh, that would mean we would have a lot less confusion. I don't think Dave, Dave I don't think Dave has um, ever TO'd as such um, a big competition before. And there were quite a lot of things that went right. The scoring was done. We're doing the scoring differently this year. There was quite a lot of problems with the scoring and odd things were difficult. What we really needed, we felt we needed was somebody who was organizing. How do we get the scenery there? How do we get the tables there? Who sets up the tables? All that stuff needed to be done by somebody separately. And Dave has taken charge of that. And I've come in and I'll TO the event and I have a referees team set up. Um, and we have working, we've sat down and written working practices so we all know how we should be responding to questions, etc. cetera. Okay. Uh, so we're just more organized than we were last year. Uh, the main, the main thrust of the event is to make it fun for everybody. And in spite of the ways we could improve from last year, I think everybody had fun, which was the most important thing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, my only, um, my only research or, you know, from last year's event was just what I heard on various podcasts. Yeah. It certainly sounded like, sounded like it was a, a fun event for everybody that had gone. So. Yeah. It was obviously fun enough for you, Dale, to have mentioned that this was a goal that you would want to do at some point. Like last year around this time. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I, I don't know if you had joined us by that 
point in time, but um, Paul had sheepishly mentioned that he had initially had an interest in like playing in an international event for the Scottish team. And I've always, I've also kind of secretly had that <laughs> on my gaming bucket list. I think it would be cool to represent my country internationally. So, <laughs> and of course, ironically, having stated my the reason I started doing this because I organise all the events, I'll never ever play for Scotland. So <laughs> oh. I know. However, oh, the guys well, were very see. nice. The Scottish team did present me with a Scottish shirt, so you know. Oh, there you go. That's that seems reasonable. <laughs> It was, it was very that's kind the same of. thing we have is that we, we, we do the Operation Snafu. We think it sounds fun, great, and exciting. We all go, oh, we can't play in this. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, yeah. I hope everyone else has fun. Yeah. And it's yeah. interesting how we make the event we would all love to go to, but we end up not being able right. to actually participate we, in it. Just watch. <laughs> I've, I've threatened to quit Snafu just to go to our own tournament. I have. <laughs> I'm willing. You just let me know. That's why I write things like a partisan scenario, so you don't want to play. <laughs> right? Well, don't tell yeah. Dave I'm planning to do the same, okay? Okay. <laughs> Dave, don't listen to us. Not that I would get in the Scottish team, but, you know, you never know. Well, I never thought I'd end up on any kind of uh, international team myself, but apparently strange things happen. See how it goes. Yeah. So I not to like I don't know if this is a source I never thought I'd have a passport for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> so so Paul, I I maybe this is something I shouldn't ask you, but I know at some point Warlord was going to have a team. Did that was that like kind of the if we need had room for an odd or we were odd numbers, they were going to be the team, and because they, we were even, they they had to drop out. Okay. Well, speaking with my world team championship hat on. It was always our intention to invite Warlord along as a team. Okay. Um, in fact, we invited them to the first one as well, but they were unable to come, bearing in mind Warlord are away at um, conventions every weekend. Sometimes they'll have three trucks going out to three conventions. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we were hoping to have them along this time, but it turns out that they've got on too much that weekend and had to pull out. However, I mean, Warlord have been sending more staff out to competitions in the UK. And uh, last year I got to some competitions in the United States as well as the ones I participated in in Europe and the UK. So Warlord's trying to get people out there. So that's I imagine not just because it will they're, they're just not good at running demo games and thereby losing so people buy into the game. That's, that's not the <laughs> I'm sure it's not the reason. Because everyone loves to win a demo game, and that gets them into the game, right? Exactly. Well, Warlord, we're going to be the demo team, shall we say? <laughs> Just come all, all of them. We, we, I, was, I was hoping, I was hoping Alessio was going to show up, and we were going to have to play against Alessio, and that would have been something to write home about for we sure. Change the rules in the spot so he wins because he can write <laughs> if you way. get. Well, if you get to play against Alessio, it is an experience, and he's a lovely guy, Alessio. And no, he doesn't always know his own rules. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably got a lot of rules in his head, to be fair. Like, I'm sure he's he has got one, actually. And he's already yeah. working on the next set. Right. So, you know. Yeah, for sure. We'd put <laughs> Everybody's Pat looking a... for clues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'd put Pat in his Gurkha list. Oh, shit. I can't say that. Never mind. <laughs> Nobody's listening. Cut, cut that. That's, that's from Bugger. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, for yeah. Bug Eater, yeah. Bug we'll, eater. we'll cut that out because yeah. all I wanted to say was, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Sorry. 
That was me not thinking. <laughs> no one was going to notice till you drew attention to it. <laughs> <laughs> well said, that man. Yeah, probably true. But I just realized I'm going to catch myself now before I start blabbing on about our lists. Well, this um, this won't land until after the lists have been formally Sorry. submitted. So yeah. it's, well, then it wouldn't matter. Fun. And again, it's it's the fifth list that we're putting together and, and prepping as well. We're just not sure who will be playing that in case we need to pull it out. So. Like I said, yep, I've, I've got my WTC list locked down, and I'm still I'm looking forward to the the bug eater stuff. And yeah, Gurkles will be a bug eater. Sorry, guys. I'll also be doing uh, Stuart spam. So have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> so I just oh, um, yeah, uh, I've heard. I mean, uh, Cast Ice just went and um, pulled out all of the upgraded uh, or not upgrade the new Stalingrad book. And so they went through the, the list and some of the scenarios and the Stalingrad um, theater selector for Pavlov's house. The no, no one step back looks pretty interesting. So I'll probably be doing that at bug eater. So just a heads <laughs> yeah. up an oh, artillery, yuck. an artillery observer that can drop two artilleries in one go. So eh, that might be tough. Oh, 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 I haven't read this book yet. Oh my gosh. Uh, bad, bad man. Puts the nasal <laughs> well, observer into perspective, doesn't he? It, yeah, but I, <laughs> I have to deal with Gurkha and Stewart spam, so there's, there's that. Out there. Jesus, so. won't have to play until the last game, Dale. All right, well, I'm, I'm disappointed that uh, Warlord sounds like they're gonna, they're not gonna be able to make it this year, but they it's, have been really good with supporting our events and stuff like that. So that's, that's a nice. They yeah. have, and they're a big support to, to our event as well. To be honest, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, all right, so long, guys. Is there, through it. <laughs> well, all right. Um, all right. I'm trying to let's see. How how do we wanna how do we wanna jump into this? Um actually before we dive into the specific yeah. questions, um and we'll just frame this in relation to last year. Um yeah. we so this year will be the first year that um the US is able to not able but um is going to participate. Yeah, and we've got two teams. Yeah, we're sending we're sending two teams down, and fortunately, three of us are going to be on one of those teams. So, based on the rules packet for the penalties and stuff, it could be the last year because we're a bunch of no, never mind. Well, (laughs) let's we'll save that to the end. We'll save that to the end. Stop throwing your dice. um, Now, um, how did um, uh, so? It's it's pool play. Um, uh, for the first day, it's pool year. play. Yeah. Okay, so the first day is pool play, and then is it Swiss pairings on the second day? Uh, we are going to go with Swiss pairings on the and, second day. Yeah. Okay. It's based right. on first day's rankings, how yeah. you were paired up. Okay. Yeah. All right. So like let's say tournament. let's say we had gone last year. We rocked up on that first day in pool play. We get matched up with um, with our opponents, another team. So mm-hmm. how how did the matchups work last year in regards to how did the teams determine which player is playing which player? That's up to the captains, and that's one of the two hours to complete, and then there'll be a gap of at least half an hour between games because the captains have to meet, and then they do their matchup uh, the same way. I don't know if you know how they do them at the ETC. It's a very similar idea. So how do they do it at the ETC for the folks who might not be Sorry, yeah, of course. So um, the, so you've got basically each of the captains has got four lists. Uh, the captains will toss, and whoever, for example, wins the toss will put down two lists from his country. 
The okay. other captain will choose one of those lists and pitch one of his team members against it. All right. Then that captain puts down two lists, and it goes vice versa. Uh, we'll we do we will be putting out instructions very shortly because it sounds complicated, mm-hmm. but it works very simply in practice. Okay. So, are you any wiser? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like I throw my stone and I and I I skip one two three four doubles on six seven pick up my stone turn around and hop back? Is that what that sounds like? I think if you picked it up. I must have explained it very well. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but so there's 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 quite there's a team element to this. So it might be that the captains see that uh, one of those lists is a very strong list. So he's going to put what he thinks is his weakest list against it. Mm -hmm. So he may be throwing one of his team members under the wheels of the truck, as it were. Sure. So that he can possibly win the other three. You know, so there is a team element involved for the captains. Yep. Yep. I could, I could definitely see how that would potentially be um, a viable strategy in that regard. So, so here's a, here's a follow up question. So all Mm. teams are submitting five lists playing four. Yes. Will we know which four are being played day of? Because I know we don't know about. So day of will know that you know what uh, England is not playing Polish Lancers. Yeah, and yeah, that will happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, on the morning of, you have to each country has to tell us. Team captain has to tell us which four lists are being played. The fifth list is then discarded for the entire competition, and those will be the four lists that will be played, and they're all played by the same person. Makes so, sense. Yeah. Okay. So um, <laughs> that stunned you that... into silence. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about, well, see now, because I've, I've turned the competitive part of my brain on, I'm just running through the scenarios and thinking about any, in any event, I'll save that for later. Now yeah, um, right. the two hour time limit, is that two hours from when the captains get together to set the matchups or is that two hours once the matchups have been established? That's two hours from when the matchups have been established and you're at your tables. We start the timer and at the end of the two hours, whichever dice is being played is the last dice. Okay. There's no more dice out of the bag. All right. So um, the two-hour mark, you'll drop the big race flag and wave it around and everybody goes. Exactly. And that's because we have to get the results done really quickly so that we know which team you're playing next. when we're doing the Swiss, we need to know who you're playing next so the captains get together because they have potentially a bit of discussion. Last year, most of them did it very quickly, actually. But we give you, you know, a good half hour at least to get that done. Okay, It's kind of like our our snafu scenario where we get the groups together and we talk about what's going on in the scenario. And then everyone goes and picks the tables they play on. And then once they get there, if they get there early, they have an extra, you know, possibly 15, 20 minutes, depending on how quick the captain's been in the right? That's correct, yeah. Okay. All right. So um, going into last year, once you've received uh, all of the lists and things like that, I remember watching um, kind of the the podcast and and going through some of the lists and getting those initial thoughts. Mm. So um, being on this end of the tournament now, um, what was the format that um, for army selection that you had last year? 
Ferrari selection, it was, um, I think you could use campaign, campaign lists, but yeah. the, it was fact this year that Warlord were constraining it to army books for competitive play. Yeah, I remember. And that made sense. Yeah. yeah, that made sense to us. So we followed in line because we like to play rules as well. It also means that it's going to be easier for us to check lists. Sure. Last year, we made the vital error of allowing people to submit Ar- Easy Army and Battle Scribe and all sorts, mm-hmm. none of which are actually correct. And, <laughs> and you also couldn't see the notes. selectors out. Yep. So uh, this year, you guys, as you guys already know, are going to be effectively just writing down your list from the army book to make it much easier for us to check them and get them back out and to cause less questions coming from other teams because, you know, maybe somebody's written in pencil that they're... Whatever. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. are you... Um, are you concerned at all that we may not get as big a variety of lists this year? I mean, is that even even a thought, or is it more along the lines of um, just as you say, you know, here's but rules as written. Netherlands. Um, we might find <laughs> that the armies are more, not balanced, but closer together, or... I Potentially, the answer is yes, but I don't think so, because... We are looking at some of the best players in the world, potentially. You guys accepted, of course. And, and, and yeah, except us, right? <laughs> and you the guys best all love making world lists. And the snafu. The world, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys all love making lists, so I think there's going to be enough variety in there, to be honest. The, yeah. There's things that we are expecting to see this year. But last year, there was things we expected to see, and we didn't. So, you know, we'll see. Um, one of the things that we did, I'm sure we wouldn't be in the first competition that did it, but we released the lists to the other teams before the event. I think Russell Wright's event, uh, team event in uh, the UK at the start of the year did that as well. They let the other teams see the lists. So... Uh, you know that was a that was a first for us as well, and that caused one or two challenges along the road. So we tried to streamline that, and you guys will be able to see potentially. Well, you'll be able to see the other five lists from each of the countries and be able to discuss them and think if you come up against them, beat them. Yeah, I other than yep. paying them a bribe, of course. Yeah, I feel like that's actually going to be an important part of the preparation on our part. It's just, beer. Pay your way with beer. Is just seeing, oh, that's what we should have done. <laughs> it, just, it just, you know, obviously we're here in the United States and we have our own, uh, pardon the term, but we use it all the time, the meta that we have here. Yeah. And you have different norm- metas in different parts of the states, you know? Normal list around here are anywhere between 9 and 12 or 13 order dice. That's that's just yeah. normal play for us. And you see medium tanks all the time. And from some of the podcasts I hear from Europe, Australia, and well, there's the, the other two I hear. Uh, it, Europe's Ireland as much as anything. But 
that ends up being closer to 12 to 14, 12 to 16, sometimes the ridiculous numbers of 22. How do you play 22 order dice out in two hours for crying out loud? Don't. Well, you do. Most of the guys that are playing those lists know how to play them. Um, sure. You know, and I don't, last year we didn't actually have a trouble with finishing games. Part, I would have said that 70% of the games were finished or, you know, on turn five or six. So even with every scenario in the book that is mm. completed on turn six or on a four plus goes to a seventh turn. Yeah. Yeah. We had a, we, we expected a lot less finished games than we got. So that was good. Yeah, that's really we don't good. Don't play very fast. Yeah. Apparently, we so, talk too much. But the guys that are playing them, usually you're experienced. You've practiced with them. So I suppose when you look at it from that point, if you, we'd expect you to be finishing games, and usually so if you're not, you've got a referee looking just to check there's nothing amiss. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we want to do our best to make sure we're finishing games. So yeah, I mean, it's not always easy, but you know, if we see somebody consistently. Um, so you guys don't do beer shots in between every round when you go off to the bar and <laughs> shot and then only, drink only, and come back? Only the referees. You don't do that? Oh, okay. Only the only referees. referees. I, I'm just going to clarify be, something. Can I be a referee? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> after the first round, we can all be – no, Dale wants to be a referee. I was going to say, just to clarify, they're like – this isn't like a metric English thing, right? It's still two hours. It's still the same time it is here in America, right? Like, <laughs> That's exactly like, the same. It just okay. happens at a right. different part of the day, but hey. Like okay, all right. It just shifted. Yeah. The same yeah. between metric the and materials. So. Right, right. Doesn't change at all, period. Okay, just making sure because I'm like two hours is short, but we will like, work on that. So, like, 22 Canadian order dice, does that translate down to, like, just 14 actual American order dice? Or... But, uh, yes, it does probably, in fact, in this game. As far as order dice go, last year we expected the average number of order dice to be around about 15, 16, but it actually turned out to be 11, 12. Okay. Oh, okay. so that was, that's less than I anticipated. Yeah, so, so it was about the same as you guys. I mean, a 1,000 reason we make it a thousand points as well mm-hmm. because we need to yeah. get the games finished so the For captains sure. can do their thing sure so uh looking back from last year and maybe i'm putting you on the spot i don't know mm-hmm. um based off of i don't know if you did any handicapping of the lists and the teams and things like that did after you had received the list and kind of gone through them and, and noted well this is unusual or this is interesting or i like this list or felt it was really strong i mean clearly you know, you can't handicap the player that's playing them or the matchups and how they fall out. Were there any lists that that you were surprised by or any teams in particular that you really feel like they really plugged in and and meted it exactly how they should have? Or It's different. I think um, it just reinforces my opinion that it's not so much about the list, it's about the player. Okay. Better players tend to do well almost I wouldn't say no matter what they take, but, you know, um, you could give them somebody else's list competition and they'll do well. Um, mm-hmm. Tends to be it. There was people that turned up with, um, you know, uh, oh, I forgot the name of the tanks, the flamethrower, German flamethrower tanks in an armor platoon because we had armor platoons last year. Flampanzer. Flampanzers. And 
they didn't necessarily win all their games, you know. Um, and there were other guys yeah, turned you, up you with can. an awful lot of man packs. They didn't win all their games, you know. You can you can give the worst player the best list, and he still doesn't know what to do with it. So you can also give the best player one of the worst lists, and they will still do very well because they know how to do it. You get that a lot with the point five system. That's the beauty of bolt action, honestly. And usually a, it, it tends pure, to be yeah, it's a, knowing it's a point the rules bias, that makes sense. inside yep. out helps. All right, all right, so. Um, so let's get into this year a little bit. Um, and again, I'm going to caveat this. Um, we're not, um, we're doing our best to not try to pick up any kind of advantage or anything like that. <laughs> As um, if I would let you have one. You definitely <laughs> Americans. If we were looking um, for advantage, we wouldn't be recording this. Right. Right. We so, wouldn't publish this. Well, who says we're going to publish this? So talk Quiet, to us. you. Yeah. Who says that this thing, this recording is actually there's always a chance that's the case. The um so the scenarios. So um obviously you're you're selecting from the book scenarios. And yep. um there are twelve in the book and we have six games. And yep. based off the information that's been provided, um you've reduced the twelve to eight. Um we is have. there any rhyme or reason as to the four that you elected to remove from circulation or being able to be played? Top secrets yeah. crap for competition play. <laughs> I think you answered that question for yourself. <laughs> so you, so the well, there are four out. scenarios that yeah. we felt were less suitable for competition play and are less likely to provide an enjoyable game. Also, something that I'm working on with Ward at the moment, anyway, behind the scenes, is trying to come up with, you know, twelve competition scenarios that are good for competition. Okay. But uh, last year, again, we did the same. We reduced it to eight and picked from the eight. Okay, so um, how soon before the games are played do you know which scenarios are going to be played? Last year, we told you before the game was going to be played, so in the preceding 15 minutes. Okay. Um, but the captains had to know immediately, obviously, to do their match but the captains tend to do their matchups without the rest of the team looking on. Oh, interesting. I anticipated yeah. um, well, the teams might the, have feedback yeah. in that regard. Okay. The, well, the reason for that is that once the teams get in and everybody starts putting their two bobs worth in or 10 cents or wherever you come from, I suppose it, slows um, it, down. it tends, it slows it down a lot. Sure. All right. So then is that more people slow things down. Is that, uh, yep. Really? Is that going to be different this year? Um, do you already have you already selected scenarios, or uh, we haven't selected scenarios yet? They'll be selected by random from those eight. Okay. Sounds pre-recorded. We are not alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, do you guys have any other questions about scenarios or anything in that regard before we? Move on. We are also planning this year to do um, a captain's pack, which will have notes on the scenarios, so we get rid of most of the usual questions that you sometimes get, you know, about um, forward deployment, outflanking, and all that stuff. So we should make it easier and quicker for you guys to get into your games. Great. Yeah, that sounds good. I was I was 
I was collecting a number of questions to ask uh, for clarification <laughs> once uh, lists had been submitted. So we have been yeah, inundating a, Dale with questions about everything that's going on around us. That's an understatement, right? <laughs> what, what, what quantifies what, what actually is hidden deployment and what does it really mean? Uh, some of the scenarios even say or don't say that uh, just because they're for deployment doesn't mean they're not part of the actual deployment. And what exactly is the deployment zone? And the four deployment zones are poor deployers are out of that zone. That's just so going to read all of his questions right now. Yeah. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It sounds like we're going to get clarification. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So um, now the terrain situation. So in our in our games, as we've been practicing and things like that, the sense I get is that it's possible that we play with significantly more terrain than is common. And so can you give us a sense of, of the terrain situation from last year? Uh, last year, we had difficulties with terrain. We sent it by uh, courier, and several of our boxes of terrain didn't turn up. However, the feedback from the players was that in spite of a lack of those boxes, the, all the tables were good to play. And mm. this year we have, we're taking boxes across ourselves because it's Ireland. So we'll have everything there and your boxes, your boxes, I wish, your tables will be fairly full. Okay. You yeah, you're not going to have you huge open spaces. On your island yourself. Sorry, what was that? You have another train on your island yourself. Sorry, we haven't said island forever. <laughs> Sorry, island and aloha for all those who are just joining. Ireland and island are very close to that the was, same, right? That was like seven island. island. You guys, quick people will be people. getting drunk now, Pat. You yeah, realize yeah, everyone's, everyone's getting half hammered. Of yeah. Whatever they're yeah. Forget hammered. this part and want to re-listen to it. I'm sure it'll uh, help I, us. I suspect that's going to help them get through this. So, <laughs> so, so your tables expect to have fairly full tables. There will be lots of blocking line of sight. All right. So um, obviously 12 teams, um, mm-hmm. players per team. So you're yep. looking at, you know, that many tables. Uh, so 48 matchups, so 24. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, so each that. grouping, so each grouping, um, is the expectation that um, when we're when the uh, when one team is facing the other and they're playing on their four tables, all four tables are identical. They are, yeah. Okay, so you'll need six versions uh, or six different tables, each replicated. So we've got times. yeah, we've got six uh, sets of four tables. Okay, so six um, sets of four identical tables. So is it possible? And I'm asking this on behalf of not just our team, but every other team to once lists have been submitted to get pictures of those table layouts? It may be. Uh, we're doing the finishing touches on some of them, but before the, we're hoping to actually put the plans of the tables in the players pack. Okay. Well, it depends how much time we've got. Um, uh, but I'll certainly take that back to the guys and see if we can do something along those lines. Some, I think two of the tables are still being finalized at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, really just the details, hedges, that type of thing. Right. Um, I've got, a, we've got a load of hedges to make. Um, but I'll take that back and give that feedback to the team. I know that we were intending to put maps of the tables in. 
Yeah, I think that would actually to be the players back. And it actually go a long way towards um, helping team or helping games finish on time too, because if if you're able to get a little bit of familiarity with the various tables you could potentially be playing on, that would help. We're playing, we're planning those plans as well to um, tell you what the terrain is, so there's we cut down on the terrain questions. That's yeah. excellent. That's fabulous too. Mm-hmm. Yes, that makes it so much easier when somebody's not not yeah. that you would game the system, but at least you guys have an agreement. Walking up to the table, you know what everything is. It's so handy. Yeah. Yeah, and chances are, if if you've read the the layout and it says dense terrain, you probably looked in the book to remind yourself exactly what that means. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just that if I say something, it'll be wrong, and then I'll get slated. Oh, no, no, for... <laughs> yeah. We don't. Good, you guys oh, well, are doing great. I mean, I mean, I think uh, I think that's exciting, especially having not had the ideal terrain situation because of what happened with the career last year the players still said that they certainly the tables played fine which is yeah which is i mean i thought some of them were bare but all the table all the players certainly that fed back to us and we do ask the captains for feedback afterwards they all didn't seem to have a problem with the tables at all yeah and logistically i can imagine that it's not an easy task like you said to just have to put the whole thing together especially if you're moving that much it, that far it's not and we we lost a lot of it to damages on the way back with the courier as well so we were not Oof. happy with the courier Oof. That's use rough. the same courier for all of this we, get... we know it came back by a different courier on the way back <laughs> and it still hey, got don't, damaged don't trust the guy who lost the stuff <laughs> no well, we didn't yeah you might have bought the round trip ticket though oh man that's that's yeah right yeah, that's that's really sad that that happened, and hopefully, I mean, again, that's just another learning opportunity for you guys, and hopefully, it didn't, it wasn't too costly. It is, but the transport of the terrain is actually uh, quite a big cost to us. So we have, sure. we've, we've only just actually tied that down in the last couple of weeks, so it's been one of the bigger headaches that we're trying to sort out. Mm-hmm. Where is the, where is it, uh, just out of curiosity, where is the train coming from? Like England? Yeah, the train's coming, part of it's coming down from Scotland this weekend to meet up with Dave in England. And Dave is going to bring some of it across and another car from Scotland is going to bring some of it across. Okay, so they're ferrying it? Yeah, they'll come across on the ferry. That's Thanks for not shipping it from your island. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's not coming from Bermuda, mate. <laughs> we just want to say island again. Yeah, exactly. Right. Besides, it's cost me like instead of ninety bucks, would be like you know hundred and it'd be two hundred and seventy bucks if it's coming from your island at least. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right. As I say, I mean, to it. I'm really excited to, get, to play this tournament. It'll be a lot of fun, and just hell, be an island for Christ's sake. Right. Who would have thought we were going to Ireland? Yeah, I mean, that's the reason we do it is to bring guys from all over the world together and to have an awful lot of fun, which is what we did last year. And certainly Europe, we found a lot of guys have travelled across from Europe that have made friends at the WTC. The Germans came across and the Danish came across to the Scottish Nationals. And then for the GT which I wasn't organizing. 
the TT, <laughs> the, we had the French, the Spanish, the Germans, and I'm sure there was lots of others that I'm missing out came across for that. So, you know, it's really nice to see people travel about. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, just, just a quick shout out to Pim, who's coming in from the Netherlands. Oh, yeah, Pim from, yeah, from the Dutch, yeah. Mm-hmm. He came over here for Operation Snafu last year. Be happy yeah. to see him again. Looking forward to that. Yeah, hey, Pim. So now, and now I'm going to kind of get to one of my, it's not a concern. It's just something that I found curious because of your experience playing in both the Europe scene, um, not just organizing, but competing as well. And then over here mm-hmm. in America as well. Um, and just kind of doing a little bit of research to find out what happened last year. You know, what was the player expectation? How did the games go? Things like that. And then just being a part of the captain's chat and things that have happened. Um, we, I mean, we're asking questions and just trying to get a sense of what we can expect. And so I'm trying to um, provide as much information to the guys on my team as to, you know, what is potentially the best approach and things like this. And there's been a little bit of discussion around fair play. Um, mm-hmm. What's, what's appropriate um, in a game and um, the tactic was brought up where, and I don't know if it was used in relation to um, against a finish Jesus. player. I'm going to say don't as a, as a weapon. But it seems like not. Well, it, wasn't, it wasn't used last year, but the question was raised and okay. technically it's not in the book. But so, what, yeah, I, so for, for the benefit of the podcast and those listening, what I'm hmm. referring to is, um, uh, the picture as it was displayed was uh, multiple units, I think probably three, um, lined up on a long table edge, um, covering the entire table edge. Um, each unit was uh, one inch apart from the others, but they were within unit coherency. The idea being that there is no room left on the long table edge for your opponent to move in on that table edge because mm. they would be within an inch. And so this was brought up. Is this okay? Is this not okay? And so there was some debate uh, as to whether or not that was all right. And I'm not going to get into, into the discussion per se, but what caught me off guard was um, to me. And again, I've got the competitive side of my brain turned on and I'm Mm -hmm. looking at this from an analytical standpoint. This is a perfectly viable tactic. If you're trying to deny um, deployment opportunities to your opponent. Um, I don't think it's a smart move tactically, but it's certainly not illegal and it's not cheating. And so therefore should be allowed. And so um, because of the discussion around that, I felt like I was a little bit confused as to, is there a difference between not being not fair play and cheating? And kind of wanted to get your sense on that. That's okay. If you go to and as captain i think i put a post up, up about it which you'll see we do have a referee pack which you guys can go and look at mm-hmm. and it's where we have attempted i'm sure it's not all encompassing but we've attempted to set out what we expect of players and how it is likely that we will deal with certain situations so it covers things like slow play etc 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 this particular question, bag clause, is basically. 
that people were right. bringing it up and it was a case of, I know none of you guys are going to do this, but if you do do this, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> um, and last year, that was the one thing that we added, which isn't in the rule book. And we basically, it was brought up at a captain's meeting. I think this one famously comes from 40K. I'm sure there's other places that can get away with this tactic. It was done at one WTC, uh, ETC competition number of years ago. I'm really shocked. I know. Where, um, I can't remember what the armies were, but a guy blocked off both sides and stopped a guy coming on before the first turn was played. And by the rule book, the guy that was blocking won because it's not against the rules. However, it's not in the spirit of the game, is what I would say. Um, And we are trying to make these games fun for everybody. And it's good that the captains bring up potential um, hotspots, let's say, and that we say, well, in these such situations, this is how we'll deal with it. Go away and tell your teams. Uh, so if you go to the website, and again, anybody can see it, I'm sure it's not all-encompassing or perfectly written, but there is a guideline there for the referees and for all you guys to tell you how we'll deal with those situations. I think slow play is possibly more applicable, to be honest. But So, yeah. Paul, what you're telling me is that you want a game to be fun. It's got to be Something. fun, otherwise none of you guys will play it. But people get their fun in different ways. That's yeah, the truth. So. That is. <laughs> See, some people derive fun from screwing their opponents' plan up, right? Like they're... They can do, but you can do it with a smile. No, no Rick, I totally. really only do that with you when I play you, so, right. I know, I know. I know. I'm <laughs> looking forward to when you play Pat. Uh, it'll be a couple weeks. And at the captain's meeting beforehand, if for the guys that can get there, we will go over it. We will go over what the referee's role is and what to expect from the referees, and we'll tell you what we expect from you guys. All right. I, I think, yeah, I mean, the, the tactic as it's shown, I don't think anyone on our team actually, I mean, they saw that and they're like, okay, they they knew exactly how to deal with it. Or <laughs> like... Why would you waste that many troops in your back line that why right. don't you move and, forward? Right. So but again, I was slightly concerned, you know, it's, it's to me it was more concerning that it was brought to be honest. But you know, okay. yeah. yeah, that's usually a sign right. that someone was thinking about it, but yeah. right. I I have heard of it being done in bolt action. And okay. it was e- it's easier just to knock it on the head and say, Well, it ain't gonna well, let them know they can play Judge Shred. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, I'd like everybody to play bolt action. It's okay. just, I want to make sure we're all on the same page as far as what, yeah. what to expect, so that you know, because if if we walk up and we're on opposite sides of the table, and both know we want the same thing out of the game, then we can just play it and and tell a great story. And that's kind of, I just want to make sure that our team. Yeah is prepared and understands exactly what that's going to mean. Walking, You are going to come across some fairly intense players and you will come across some guys who have turned up because they could afford the ticket and they're going to have fun. But even the intense players can do it in a friendly way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is what we found last year. Okay. That that sounds great to me. So I'm excited. Oh, I had a question that I actually was, I don't know if maybe it was asked before I got here. Hmm. Why why Shoot. Cork this year? 
what what was the de- deciding factor for Cork this year? I don't. I mean, well, I uh, otherwise, but that's all right. We were trying to set it up in Spain this year for this year, and for various reasons that didn't come about, and we got down to a situation where we need to get somewhere chosen fast. Uh, Dave knows Cork. He has contacts in Cork. We found a hotel that just came into our budget. Um, you may not appreciate it, but these 60 euros or whatever it is, is a, we, we cut things very fine. Yeah, so it was finding a hotel that comes in at the budget will supply us with all the various things we need and still comes in at what we think is the most cost-effective price for you guys, uh, as you will be aware. We don't make a profit at doing this. Um, and that was the reason for Cork. It just so happened all the, it was easy for us to get to. Uh, but, and it was, we could get a hotel in the right place. It was fairly cheap for everybody to get to, apart from you guys. I'm a ball there. And, you know, it was, that was the way it was. We will look at trying to go to Spain again, possibly, but we have one or two things in the pipeline which may or may not come off, which we need to decide about. We're hoping to be able to tell you more once you get to Cork, and we're, we should be able to give you an idea of what following the year. I can tell you two things. First of all, before three months ago, I didn't know that Cork was a place. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was a thing, I am you? that inept. So, yes. And uh, I understand that piggy banking with uh, other other hotels and getting where their costs are and the timing on that is is a yeah. thing too, because we kind of have the same same thing with our with our uh, Operation Snafu tournament. Is that you know it would we're hotels at the week before Thanksgiving, so it's affordable and nobody else wants it, and so they rent it out to us, and so you know that's yeah. Yeah, I totally get yeah, it. That's but it's really that's nice, the, honestly. The first part is have you. bookings for. The hotel that you can stay on site and just show up in your pajamas if you want to, if that's a thing for you. <laughs> I will tell you now, worse has happened. <laughs> uh, I'm we'll not going off. into that here. Yeah, yeah, we'll save that one. I'll tell not. you. I'll tell you when we're off here. Yeah, yeah, totally <laughs> not. <laughs> Paul, once um, people, once we get past the deadline for submitting lists, um, yeah. How how soon or how much prior to the actual tournament do you think the list may be made available? Because I'm sure uh, the greater community at large might be very interested in that. Yeah, they do, and they were last year. We need to get the lists checked, and that will go through. It just doesn't go through one person. It's probably this year it will go through three separate people, and we'll still make mistakes. But anyway, so it will go through three people. I think it's probably going to take us probably two weeks, and then we'll release the list to the general population. All right. Cool. That's what we're aiming for. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that's what we're aiming for. Sure. And maybe we have you on before that. Who knows? Yeah, no, I'm happy to come back and talk lists (laughs) with you. The last year, if you want to have a look at it, ask him, Russell Wright, who was Welsh captain last year, actually did a huge, big spreadsheet thing of all the armies and all that, you know, what units were in them, and your pals at the Juggernaut podcast, I'm pretty sure did a podcast on it as well, using his figures. Okay. 
you know, it told you like how many people took machine guns, how many, oh, sure. know, how many tanks and all that, and it went through mm-hmm. how many dice were in. Oh, sorry, that's an aside. I've gone off on a tangent, guys. My apologies. No oh, you're good. You're good. You fit right in. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, trying to right. distract you. It's a sneaky tactic. Right. If we keep if we keep asking questions, we have, you'll eventually answer something. Never right? end. That's supposed to let us know. I mean, I'm. Yeah, he's two hours later, Gus. Yeah, oh boy, that's, that's as much as I have in regards to. I don't. I really don't want to. To push. No, 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 no. So, no, no. Because if I mean, you know, you can learn a lot um, about someone by the questions they ask. So I'm not. I'm not tipping my hand <laughs> in any regard. Uh, <laughs> like it. You can. Good point. <laughs> Asking about certain units and whether or not they're allowed is, is definitely okay. not a question right, to Paul. ask a lot. Who wins? Who wins, Paul? Tell us who wins. <laughs> who wins? The best players <laughs> win. Um, no. The Polish one last year. Is that Polish team? No, the Spanish one last year. Spanish. Much to everybody's surprise. Okay. Uh, Spanish, and then were the Polish and the German in the top three? Was that the... Um, I think the Germans were... I honestly can't remember now. That's terrible. Oh, so, I apologize so, to you. Yeah. No, the I way think Dave, it was the Polish, but I would need to check on that. The way Dave did the pools is he put the top three in each of the pools. So the top three were Spain, Poland, and Germany in whatever order. I don't know. Spain yeah. obviously won it. So Poland and Germany were the other two and three. I don't know which one was which. But. Okay. Well, I, I don't know if their teams have changed, but my expectation would be that they've got to be the early favorites, I guess. So I don't know. I guess I'm I'm looking for, I think we're going to learn a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, You will do. You'll be surprised how other different ways of doing things, not seriously, but they'll read slightly different. They'll have, you know, they'll be like, you know, you might be excited about flamethrowers and they're like, got you know how do you guys deal with such and such so it's it can be quite it's very interesting to find out um, as, all as the different views someone who feels who, who feels he knows the rules are fairly solid and has interpreted them several times over i still get even our club games i get caught back like wait what okay let's double check that but i think yeah when we do dealing with different we do that all the time yeah. yeah and everybody has different way i mean I think, uh, well, I'm just going to say Aloha Island, 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 Island. <laughs> uh, oh That's boy. me passing out. Yep. Uh, I'll be going to bed. <laughs> do it, Pat. Just do it. Or All right, Paul, guys, do it. Let's get out of here. This is Snafu over and out. Uh, good night, guys. Hey. Beauty. Good night, guys. Good night, lads. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Just you wait and see.
He's the recording bot. He's the one that's actually, it's just a bot recording us. So it'll be Dale and Pat. I've got Dale. Oh, Pat. Yes, I've got you because you've got a silly thing. Right. Okay. All right. I'll be right oh, back. Guys. There you go. All right. All right. We'll take a quick five and run to the loo and refresh your island drink. <laughs> island. Aloha. <laughs> no, 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 don't hear this, but you can drink again if you want, Paul. <laughs> Nonsense, I'll put that at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go, that's perfect.